So if I could describe Yellow Mat, like it's a, a bright, open, beautiful, sacred yoga space um, with floor to ceiling windows that allows the sunlight to pour in. And at one point, all of these men and Sia and I were sitting down and the light was shining in and we were we were literally meditating in it. And I had this like aha moment. It was like, I realized I'd never been in a space before with other black men meditating. That was Danny Fluker. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Seeker and Sage. My name is Danny Pomploon, and I am the host with the most. I think that's what they say. Are people still saying that? Maybe I'm just still saying that. Anyway, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today is episode 153, and it's one of my favorites. Um, we've got the uh, Fierce Calm collaboration today. And uh, yeah, this one we got to do uh, with Danny Fluker, who is the founder of a really cool nonprofit called Black Boys Ohm. Um, Danny and I got into a really great conversation about his yoga story and, you know, just really how yoga has impacted his life um, and, you know, his whole his whole journey is just create, all about creating this this uh, really cool nonprofit and, and bringing yoga into communities of, of you know close to his heart, obviously, and and that he sees the impact and sees the change. And this was one of those podcasts where I just was blown away. And, and Danny and I actually got to talk a little uh, a little uh, afterwards. And he's just a really awesome, awesome, awesome human. I've been doing my own fair share of anti-racism work and just helping you know underserved communities and. There's always so much to learn and there's so much to unlearn and to, you know, kind of sort out. And I've said this before, but my commitment is to continue to grow in that light and, and even, you know, use the podcast for that as well. And so I'm really stoked to be able to, to have uh, growth and learning and action with all of y'all. Um, Danny's an incredible human. Um, I highly recommend y'all check him out for sure. It's definitely um, a nonprofit that it, it's just, it can have so much impact in so many communities and it just needs to be you know, just highlighted in so many ways. So anyway, super stoked to have uh, Danny on the show. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, of course, I have to tell you to leave a review, <laughs> to leave a review for us on iTunes. And the reason why is when you leave a review for us on iTunes, it gives me more permission to get cool people like this on the show. It really does help the show. It helps me elevate voices. It helps me, you know, really talk about issues by continuing to, to get the show to live on. Um, and it just takes a few minutes. So you can go in there and give us a little love. There's even a little link in the show notes that tells you how to do it. Um, and if you can donate financially, that's also a really big way that you can do it. We have a little support link down below. You get some cool little perks. Uh, if you donate monthly, uh, you can get a membership of the app. Um, I send you a little handwritten thank you and uh, you get some, some cred on the podcast uh, uh, page. So yeah, it's just a great way to keep this thing going. Um, and if y'all didn't hear the announcement in one of the uh, earlier episodes, we now have the Seeker and Sage uh, Facebook collective group. It is a great place for all of us to just gather and connect and make new friends. And some of our guests are coming in there and saying what's up and answering questions from their interviews. Uh, we've got a book club going on in there. There's just some hustle and bustle. It's really cool. It's something I'm super proud of. And it's it's cool to see everyone start to uh, connect there. So uh, go check it out. We'll leave that in the show notes as well. I'm babbling. Let's get to the show. What's going on, Danny? How are you? 
I'm good, Danny. How are you, man? I feel like we should change today's episode. It's not a secret and sage, but welcome to the Danny and Danny show. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we yeah. need everyone to know that uh, uh, good people are on the show right now. Anyone yes. named Danny, you're, <laughs> you're solid in my book. <laughs> yes. So, Danny, how's everything going? You're on the East Coast, right? Yeah, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta. How's it going out there? It's, it's good. Um, the weather has been very much spring-like uh, during the day. It's been in the 30s at night, but during the day it's been 70 and sunny, okay. so it's been really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. How's that? I actually, you know, I'm not really too versed in how Atlanta's doing just with the state of the world right now. How's mm-hmm. everything going? I mean, I'm sure everywhere is a little nutty right now with coronavirus and whatnot. Yeah, we are. We definitely have uh, a high number of cases. Um, yeah. We have, you know, a very populous region, uh, just under six million in the in the metro Atlanta area. So it's it's a it's a a, a lot. Um, we're just trying yeah. to to be safe, kind of like yeah. everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel it. It's such a it's such a weird time to be alive and it's so hard not to talk about it because it's it's like so you know i mean right now in the landscape of everything it's just getting crazier and crazier and crazier and crazier yeah yeah absolutely. but we we stay healthy and sane the best we can that's that part that's the most important part is just like you what can you do to stay centered just stay at peace you know despite what's going on what are your tricks of the trade for for staying centered and staying at peace right now? So for me, uh, I do a lot of running, uh, dancing, uh, mm-hmm. yoga, and meditation for sure. But mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, just those things that kind of keep me active and moving, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, get those endorphins flowing. Yeah, and focusing yeah. on the good. You know, I, I focus like literally on what I'm grateful for, um, what I'm planning and working towards. And what is what is present, you know, yeah. um, not too much in the past, not too much in the future, but as much as I can, yeah. focusing on the present. Yeah. D- Danny, how did you, you know, what's your backstory in, in your, I don't know exactly how you got into your yoga journey and how that all started off for you. Yeah, I have um, severe anxiety uh, uh, several years ago and I was to the point where it was affecting how I was breathing. I was having to remind myself to breathe. Like I was holding my breath. Um, Mm -hmm. It was really, really bad. And I remember going to a Chinese herbalist at the suggestion of a friend and the Chinese herbalist, you know, sat with me for a few hours. And at the end of our time together, she recommended that I do yoga. And I remember thinking, okay, um, that's not something I'm familiar with, but I'll, I'll, I'll give it a try. And I kind of walked away from that meeting with, yoga on my mind but in in the the back of my mind i didn't readily jump into it Mm -hmm. and then maybe maybe a month or so ago a month month or so after that i was walking in a park here in atlanta off the atlanta belt line and there's this large open field and there were hundreds of people doing yoga in the park and uh and it just kind of you know came back to at the front of my mind like well i gotta do yoga and and in that moment, I just walked out there. I didn't have a mat or anything. And I literally just on the grass was trying to mimic what everyone else was doing. Because um, I, I, you know, I, I grew up as a martial artist from a young age. And so I thought, well, maybe it's similar. Maybe I can just kind of mimic and fall into it. And, and I did that day. I just mimic what I saw. And then 
every weekend after that, I would go back to the park because they were having these sessions in the park during the summer, every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, as I fell in love with it. I realized that I was moving, bre- I was moving better. I was breathing better. Um, and yeah, that was just the, kind of the start of it. How long have you been practicing now? Uh, just under f- five years. So it's not, not long at all. Just under five years. Are you teaching currently right now or are you just focusing on, I mean, we'll talk about the nonprofit, but are you teaching as well? Or are you just focusing on the nonprofit right now? Um, I'm like 90% of my energy is going towards the nonprofit. I took a break um, earlier in the year. My last time actually teaching in studio was, last time I taught in the in a yoga studio was March the 5th of this year. And then when the pandemic happened, um, when the shutdown happened, our, our particular yoga studio um, chain shut down around the country. Mm. And um, I, I occasionally, maybe three or four times throughout this year, I've, t- I've taken on private virtual clients, but for the most part, I've, I've focused on my personal practice. And I've also, um, you know, taught a few classes in the park for my, for my nonprofit. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I think a lot, I've seen a lot of teachers take to sabbaticals with this time. I know a lot of people weren't really into the online space. It just, you know, it just didn't resonate for them. They weren't mm-hmm. really feeling it for, you know, whatever the case may be. I was, I kind of resisted it at first, but mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people are taking sabbaticals and whatnot. It's, it's uh it's a good time to do it if, if you can do it for sure. Um, mm, and also, yeah. you know, good time to readjust and reass- reassess what, um, you know, what normal was and what we normalized and what we thought mm. we, you know, we thought was okay. And what we thought was, you know, wasn't okay. Or, you know, th- th- a lot of things yeah. that we just kind of like let slide that just were so not okay. And I think, you know, in a way, I think I've, I've, I've said this before on the show, I'm sure, but like, you know, coronavirus was really a way for, for the world to tell everyone to go sit and meditate and, mm. and think about what you've done. And, you know, the subconscious mind, you know, was, everything, all the, you know, all the political issues, all the social justice issues were, you know, being shut down by different distractions and, you know, now those distractions are gone. And so we're, we're, Mm. we're not forced, but we have this opportunity to really go in and reflect and excavate and think about, you know, the injustice and what parts that we've played. And I was a big part of that. I had to like go back, I had to go back and, you know, realize like where I played a part in it. You know, I, I thought, there's so much unlearning that I still have to do and, you know, giving myself the patience obviously and, and the grace to, to do it, but to be in the work, I think is so important right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think on the flip side of that, for me, with a lot of what has hap- transpired in our country with sitting, um, with sitting with myself, I've had to sit with a lot of, anger, a lot of rage, a lot of, um, a lot of emotion. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's been, it's an ongoing process. Like I, I, I'll, I'll have these moments of just pure anger, pure rage, and then sitting with that and trying to transmute that as best I can into something that, um, is creative and, and that is, um, restorative uh for me and that it, that it, that won't eat away at me or deteriorate me um from within and and a lot of that energy has been 
poured back into a nonprofit. But yeah, just kind of to echo what you were saying, it's just like everyone is having to sit with themselves in some capacity and, and it's showing up in different ways. Um, yeah. 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 It's, I mean, it's, again, it's another opportunity to go, to go in and, and do the, you know, it's to break up the samskaras and start mm. building new, new pathways and, you know, unlearn and, and, you know, fight for justice and equanimity and, yeah. you know, the whole, the whole concept, I, I had a really, I didn't really get it, but the whole concept of like, well, let's just be equal. No, that's not really how it yeah. goes. We, we want more than just like, <laughs> just the surface yeah. level. We want equanimity. We want beings to be beings. Mm. I had a hard time understanding, you know, uh, in general, I, I'll never forget. I was at the Asheville Yoga Festival and I remember uh, walking in to go see uh, Chelsea. I was getting ready to leave and she was teaching a class and I was like, I got to go say bye to her and give her a great big hug. And, you know, I, I love her. Hi, Chelsea. I love you. You're the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I went in there and I, I was, it took me a second, but I went into this space and it was, you know, very sacred and it was a very beautiful the way they had set it up. And I looked around and I was like, oh, wow, there's nothing but women of color in here. Mm. And I was not necessarily, I wasn't taken back like, oh my gosh, but it really, it really just, it gave me this, um, this thought bubble came up of like, huh, like why was that there? Why, why was that space created? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it just, it, it sparked the inquiry in my mind. That's what it did. Yeah. And sparked the inquiry in my mind enough to be like, okay, I got to go further into this and realize, you know, how important it is to not only build space, but how different, you know, communities need space, you know, and it's not necessarily that they're not trying to not be, you know, inclusive, but I think it's important for, you know, even, you know, I, I identify as, you know, a queer man and, you know, half brown and even, even then creating a space for where, wherever that we've, whoever we are, right. And, and, and what we've, what we felt, but to be able to come in community and heal in a way, um, I think when I witnessed that, it really, really, really shined a light on some pretty big blind spots that I had, you know, and it made me really inquire and, and go into the work a little bit more. And then of course, you know, months passed and I kind of forgot about it. And then, you know, as coronavirus started to, to happen, the inquiry just came back without everything, you know, happening in the world and, you know, social movements. It just, it was an opportunity again for, for, for me to go in. And I just started to dig in and do some work and really just blown away at how much I, I didn't, didn't know. And, and I started to see these other spaces, you know, uh, start to be created, you know, created, um, I did a, a little work with uh, uh, Davina Davidson over at mm. Melanin Yoga Project, and the same. Just blown away by how courageous and how how needed these spaces are, like so bad, yeah. and how you know there is this conversation. I think that a lot of a lot of people want to try and help, or there's there's a talk of it, but. It's, it's just so, I don't know, I think just being in the work is really, 
really, really important. And, you know, be, being in the hot seat, you know, because yeah. this isn't something that just happens for a week and then you call it a day. It's right. like, it's a, it's a forever process, Yeah, you know? So you've done a great job at, you know, creating, you know, multiple types of space and you, uh, you founded the, uh, the black boys own project. So tell me a little more about it. I mean, I, I want to hear it, you know, but you can best describe it. I'll try to butcher it. So <laughs> oh, no worries. Yeah. I, uh, black boys own started as an idea. I, after I became a yoga teacher, I started to teach at a, a black owned yoga studio in Atlanta, Georgia, um, a called Yellow Map Wellness, and mm-hmm. it's owned by Sia Collins, and um, a Black woman, phenomenal yoga teacher and meditation instructor. Um, and, you know, she, you know, we, she and I became really good friends, but she was the first person to um, have me do a yoga audition and then bring me on into her studio. And she had a a workshop called Men Who Meditate. And in this workshop, she asked me to facilitate um, the asana portion. So she would teach the different modalities and types of meditation, and I would lead a yoga flow. And all of the men who showed up that day uh, were Black. Even though it was open to all men, all of the men who showed up were Black. And, And there were about 15 or so men that showed up. And it was a very... So if I could describe Yellow Mat, like it's a a bright, open, beautiful, sacred yoga space um, with floor to ceiling windows that allows the sunlight to pour in. And at one point, all of these men and Sia and I were sitting down and the light was shining in and we were we were literally meditating in it. And I had this like aha moment. It was like I realized I'd never been in a space before with other black men meditating. Mm -hmm. And it was a very, um, it was a shift for me. And I remember it was in that moment that that seed was planted. I was trying to figure out how, how can this, these spaces be replicated because this is so needed. Even in those moments, there was conversations around like after after the asana portion and after the meditation workshop, we still just sat there and talked and we had conversations around trauma and stress and the lived experience of Black men in America. And it just was this ongoing conversation amongst just us as a group. Um, and yeah, it was, it was that, that shift in that moment of experience of meditating and having that conversation and planting the seed in my heart was like, how can this be replicated? Because this is, these spaces are needed. Um, and how 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 can I do this uh, multiple times? And so, after that day, I began to have conversations with um, other yogis that I knew in Atlanta, other black male yogis, and the idea came around to uh, start a group. And that group grew first locally in Atlanta. With, with just a, a handful of black male yogis, but then it grew by word of mouth in other parts of the country with other black male yoga instructors. And it became this network, uh, this network of, of brothers that were um, practitioners, they were yoga teachers, they were meditation teachers, and they were also having these, um, they were also 
doing work in their own community. So you had some brothers who specifically worked in correctional facilities. You had some brothers who were teaching uh, in schools. And, and the idea uh, slowly evolved from this growing word of mouth network to how do, how do we bring our efforts together and then multiply that on a larger scale. Um, I had a, a, a mentor uh, he's still a mentor. His, uh, his name is Brandon Copeland, and he was teaching. He's a he. He's the founder of Capera Wellness, but he also started Trap Yoga, like the phenomenon that is Trap Yoga. He created that out of his desire to hold space for himself in, a, in a, an environment that was familiar with him. So practicing yoga to trap music, and he also was um, teaching young men, uh, young boys, black boys in Southeast Washington, D.C. at a place called the Creative School. And I remember like thinking, oh man, this is, this is awesome. Like how, how can we like do what Brandon is doing as a collective and, and teach more black boys in particular? And so it became this idea of uh, going from this network to going into our communities to teach and also specifically looking at young black men and and raising them up in these spaces that they're they're seeing other black men and they're being taught by other black men and it kind of grew from there this was in the summer of 2018 uh, we became a nonprofit in august of 2019 and uh, the network that kind of grew from word of mouth is now just over 250 um Black male yoga instructors, and wow. we're in uh, 90 locations, both within the United States and in uh, West Africa, the Caribbean, Australia, United Kingdom, and, and parts of Asia. No big deal. <laughs> Danny, you just dropped all of that on us like nothing. You're like, yeah, I just did a thing two years ago, and now I'm just crushing it. <laughs> it's it's awing. It's it's. I'm very grateful. Yeah, I mean, it, it's you can you can you can tell your passion is definitely something that's that's driving it and being you know such a big force. And you know, I, I can only you know again I can speak from from my experience and from my knowledge, but I, I didn't really realize how important you know these spaces were and like even when i when i went back and you know reflected every time i would meet with uh, the teacher training group with with divina you know i hadn't been in that room right i hadn't been in that community and i wanted to be there i wanted to hear the voices i wanted to hear the conversations that were being had that i didn't understand um or even had insight to you know i think it was really important for me to to dive in if you know, I was truly going to make my life about the work and, you know, being inclusive and, you know, just the, wa- the walk in the walk instead of just talking the talk. And what I realized, I, I had never even thought about it before. You know, I've, um, I've definitely had a couple of, of Spanish speaking teachers. Um, you know, I've, 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 I've learned um, from uh, Mexican yoga teachers and, you know, that's, that's been a thing, but I've never once been taught by um, uh, by, let's see, I had maybe, I had one male teacher for a little bit that I was believe was, I think he was Taiwanese. I want to say, I can't, I'm going to butcher that. He was, I think he was Taiwanese and that's it. I never had any other, you know, 
male or female, um, you know, person of color other than that in my entire yoga, in my entire, you know, I've been practicing for 15, 16 years now and teaching for, you know, about 10 or 11. And when I was in this training, I didn't realize, you know, when I was hearing these, these women talk, like there's specifically not a lot of, you know, black yoga teachers out there There or there, yeah. or there weren't through this journey until, you know, up until recently. And, and it blew my mind. And of course mm-hmm. it blew my mind because that's not my life. You know, like I don't walk in that every day. I don't really, it's, it's not something that, that happens every day, but it, it really did make me, you know, take a step back and, you know, it kind of, it rings the the bells of injustice for me a bit. Um, but also reaffirmed, you know, just how important it is to, to create these spaces and to have things like, you know, black boys. Um, that's another thing that I learned about is, you know, a lot about, you know, in the male, the black male community about how important, mm. you know, mindfulness is because of the constructs that are laid out there. It's just, there's so much that we don't think about and we don't really, I think that there's, you know, there's just a, a lot of great opportunity for, for people to learn and to do the work <laughs> and not ask somebody that shouldn't be educating them on doing the work. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you, uh, what do you, what do you think your, 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 your long-term goal for this is like, where do you want to see it? And when you close your eyes and you're like, this is where I see the nonprofit going in, I don't know, five years, what do you, what do you, what do you want to do with it? Yeah, I remember recently we got a, a consultant um, for the nonprofit to kind of help us because we're still new and navigating this 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 space and and even myself like I, I I'm learning as I go. I've never been, you know, uh, an executive director of anything. Like I just I'm learning as I go. I have I get you know advice from friends who have had nonprofits, but. This is definitely a lot of trial and error. Um, and one of the consultations um, we had recently was like we took our purpose, mission, and vision that we recreated a couple of years ago and we like, she kind of like deconstructed it and it made me realize how much I need to just simplify it. And I just broke it down into one statement. Mm. And that statement is, you know, we exist to serve the well-being of Black boys and Black men through mindfulness, meditation, and yoga. And at the end of the day, that is it. If 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 actual Black boys and actual Black men are embracing these wellness practices for themselves, and if it is affecting their lived experience and their uh, how they deal with with life and how they deal with trauma and how they deal with what it is to be black in this country and what it is to be black around the world, then it's it's it is we're we're doing our 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 job. And, and my my hope is that um that the culture, the, the the that the wider culture within black communities around not only in the United States but within around the world will recognize that these wellness practices are for them and that is is accessible to them by representatives who have these practices already in their lives and that it's not foreign, it's not something that's just for white women, it's not something that is for people who... um, are uh, affluent, like it's, it's, it's accessible and it's for them. Um, and my, my biggest, my biggest uh, desire is for that to be like 
amplify intergenerationally. So mm-hmm. 20 years from now, 30 years from now, I want Black Boys Home to to be on par with like the Boys and Girls Club. Like it would be a common name that, you know, just as a, a young Black boy knows that he can play basketball or football, he can also know that he can do yoga and that he can meditate and that this is going to be, a, these are going to be adequate tools that are going to help him survive in this world and be the best that he can be. Right. When you, when you notice, I guess, when you, you know, facilitate and, and you see, you know, the offerings that you give um, through this community, what are some of the biggest differences you see in these men? Yeah. So I'm sure you've got, I mean, you see them when they come in and, you know, probably right. when they're first time there and, you know, you've worked with them for, for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that <laughs> comes up most often is this embrace of stillness. Like brothers will just sit there after Shavasana, long as after Shavasana has ended and it's just, just stay there, like literally just embrace the space whether, and you know, before COVID it was, we were, we were doing yoga pop-ups and yoga studios, but we've done uh, a lot of park in the park sessions. And when we'd be in the park, they would just lay there and just be, and, and be okay with just being and have a conversation there. And then they would bring it up in the conversation about how this was so needed that I, I could just sit and I could just be like, there's nothing to think. There's nothing to do. I'm just being. And, and that is huge, both young and old. I've had a lot of young guys like talk about, um, I had a few teenagers tell me that they felt high. And that made me laugh, you know, you, every, you know about the yoga high, which is a thing, right? Like it's Oh like, my God. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's a thing, then so. you try Kundalini and you're like yeah. really high. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, and so those are, those are some like big, like common, consistently common, um, mm. t- uh, takeaways from a lot of the brothers. Have you had any, uh, anyone that, I mean, I still see it in, in just any, any normal class, but you know, sometimes you get that resistance of like, yoga is not going to be for me. Yoga is not going to be for me. And they keep resisting, they keep resisting. And then yeah. finally they do that little crack of like, Hey, yoga is for me, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of guys who've had to have, um, you know, like their girlfriends bring them in, right? Like, because they, right. they have so much resistance, like, Oh, this is, this is for women. Like, this is like, not, you know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I'm sure Danny, you get a lot of people asking, you know, how can they help? And, and, and I think, I think the intention of it is, is pretty good, but there's gotta be some solid, you know, when, when people turn to you and they, you know, what do you, what do you, what do y'all need? Like, what is, what is the actual need? So right now we are, uh, we're doing just like, Every other nonprofit is uh, end of the year uh, fundraising. Um, and our hope is to raise um, money for our, our, our 2021 programming. We have big initiatives. Um, we want to get into three more uh, primary schools virtually. Mm-hmm. We want to get into three more correctional facilities virtually. We want to, we have a set goal of teaching and having a mentorship relationship with 
1,000 Black boys and Black men in 2021. Um, and we're doing um, a documentary as well. And so a lot of these things, you know, it, it costs money and it takes time and energy. And so we just asked that, like, you hit up our website and whatever. I mean, it's been a hard year for a lot of people, right? So, like, we completely understand. Um, so whatever, no amount's too small. Like, yeah. it all adds up and we welcome it all, you know. Um, we have very high hopes for this next year and, and it can uh, only get better from here. We're, ex- we're excited. Yeah, it sounds like you guys have a lot of stuff in the works. Yeah, yeah. Buckle up, Danny boy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you, man. Well, you know, as I as I do, you know, uh, as I do bring so many guests on the show, and it's selfishly, I do the show for me. Like, I really just want to hear from these awesome people and these, you know, uh, learn and educate myself um, on a lot. I, I just, uh, I appreciate you coming in and sharing, and I'm sure that you have to do a lot of it, and that's got to be exhausting sometimes. And so <laughs> I want to acknowledge that. And uh, I, I really do just, you know, it's very cool to to see, you know, the space being created, you know, and, and to see the need for it and, and to realize, you know, there's a whole nother world out there that I think a lot of us have an, have an opportunity to really dive in and learn about if we're, if we're willing to put in the work. And, and uh, you know, we need more leaders like you. We need more leaders in, in different communities to, uh, to, to help bring these gifts that we call yoga yeah you know whether it's mindfulness or breathing or moving or all the above at the same time yeah absolutely well thanks for coming on the show today danny i appreciate your time yeah uh, thank you danny thank you (laughs) of course of course until the next secret and sage this is danny and danny saying (laughs) peace out peace